This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. All right, I'm Denise Lodge. I'm a digital lead with EPAM. This is the first episode of Designers in Agile with Denise Lodge. You know, you're a delivery, no, you're a digital manager, is that right? Digital lead, yeah. Digital lead. So what is it that you care about? As digital lead, I care about strategy. strategy. You know, the direction the direction in which clients are are taking their businesses and their their technology. Okay. And really what that means to their customers or business customers, how that translates into into products that we can we can develop. This this whole area of UX and agile is kind of a late blossoming flower, if you will, because it's a, there's not, yeah. not a lot of writing about it because the agile people are mostly software developers or ex-software developers and maybe testers or ex-testers. And uh, I don't know, I'm sure there must be one or two out there, but I don't know of any agile coaches who, well, okay, I, can, I just thought of one. So I can think of one who was a UX person as well. <laughs> Oh, okay. Only one. But he was also a developer who moved into UX, so I'm not sure if that counts, but uh, he was never just a, a dyed-in-the-wall designer. So you know what the interesting thing is? That when I was working at this client and we made the change to these Agile teams, the coach that came and helped our team, he was a UX person. There we go. There's another. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was weird because we, we actually had a connection in the past through other people that we knew. So I didn't know that he was a UX focused person until he asked me a qu- who I worked for because I was a contractor there. Oh. And that's how we discovered that uh, we had this thing in common. And I really just thought all agile coaches were developers or ex-project managers. <laughs> That's kind of what they were. Well, I would say, I would say developers or QA uh, who, who were, you know, at least automating QA, for example. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess ex-project managers, probably the other set. Yeah, I think that's probably the three, the quadrant of three things, the three parts of the Venn diagram. Describe how you did UX before Agile. Take it from there. Okay. Well, in the past, historically, design is a process by which you engage with your client and their customers, and you understand the gaps and needs, the priorities, those types of things. And then you go through a process of developing ideas that you then vet through usability testing or user research to get to an end design state that ultimately can be used as the basis for a development team to map out requirements and then dive deeper into design and development. A lot of that design still happens up front as part of pre-development phase, sort of a requirements phase. So those things are done in parallel requirements and design feed each other, and then the developers take it on once it's defined. Traditionally, um, 
that process has been a very long process because requirements do take a long time, particularly when you're doing them ahead. You have to document them in gruesome detail. Um, and the same happens with design. You have to document that in gruesome detail as well because you're not expecting designers to hang on through the whole development process. A design phase can take three months, a development phase can take a year. So that's traditionally how that's been done. How, how big are these artifacts? Like how many pages? What's the page count? Well, for <laughs> my, my best and very first experience with, with working in an agile world was with an organization or a company, a large hotel company that, you know, made the shift from a more traditional model. Um, and I was there for both the before and after. And as an example, the before, our team spent six months to nine months developing 1,200 pages of documentation. Wow, there we are. That is, it was a very complex system to serve up a lot of websites for the various hotels. So there was design documentation, which was a style guide, a brand guide for every brand that that hotelier owned. There was uh, a component design document that the designers put together, how each component would behave, what its different states were, and how it acted responsively. And then there was all of the the requirements documentation, which was in 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 depth. There was a lot of detail to that. Every component had its own sort of document, and so all of that was done with the development team and the architects involved. It's just that they didn't take on the work as a larger team to do it until it was finalized and the client approved it, the business stakeholders approved it. But even so, you know some of your problems there are you start developing and you run into things, well, what about this and what about that? And there's a lot of extra design and extra requirements that weren't there that needed to be fleshed out. And, and it just added time and complexity. And so you're on a very long cycle anyway. You end up with an even longer cycle. Right, right. <laughs> so, so it's like this. I think you said about three months to uh, prepare uh, to get the, doc the requirements. And just, for, just for design, just for the design process. Oh, okay. That doesn't even include, like, it, for this particular one, it was a heavy, heavy documentation on the design side as well as the requirements side. So that was six to nine months. That was wow. much longer. Mm -hmm. So, so if you can remember, audience, the the situation is back in those days. You would have to write everything down because you wouldn't get to actually implement anything until six to nine months later. So it was a whole different world. Yeah, and you know, as the development teams ramping up, they're looking at the requirements, developing their test plans, asking a million questions, <laughs> which then makes you know makes us think about new things. So the handoff was a little messy, and in the end, it was a, a, a much larger effort than you would have thought and took, oh, I guess, a year and a half to two years to get off the ground. And in that world, we were able to make the shift to Agile, which was a very different process, but allowed us to get things out earlier and with greater success. And actually change the future of the work. So you can start out planning a certain direction, but, you know, you could get four sprints in and suddenly you're off on a new track. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how, how can you possibly do that? How can you move from this world of three months of documentation into doing sprints of, I mean, how many weeks were these sprints? We moved to more of a product-oriented team where the, the team 
was staffed with all of the necessary roles, a UX lead, a designer, the QA, visual QA, bit functional QA, all the developers needed, a scrum master, and a product manager. And so we did two-week sprints. We did a, a lot of planning in that, in sort of stages. So we kind of broke it apart and we said, okay, there's what the product manager is going to do, which is he's got to identify all of the opportunities he wants to tackle this year, right, as his product is, is being developed and, and aggregates those and determines the priorities among, priorities among those. And then how do you get that from just this general opportunity? And I'm just trying to think of, you know, what that story might be. It might be just a new feature, a new modifying or completely changing an experience around some functionality. It could be digital. It isn't, it isn't this, this, this company, by the way, but maybe it's a digital key so you can check in in a room or something like that. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to identify that opportunity and then you have to go about determining what does that mean. So what is that opportunity? How do we break that down into stories that we can actually act on? And some of that requires some upfront discovery type activities, whether it might be some user research, it might be a technical spike, it might be just designing some things and running them past stakeholders and trying to get a measure for what they're really expecting or what getting, selling them, convincing them what needs to happen, and then working with the actual team to determine how we break that down into features we can execute on. So, how many stories are there? How do we, how do we um, break them into independent things that we can build, get those all groomed, and get them ready for a sprint? And in this case, we used uh, Kanban as our discovery board with whip limits and the whole bit just to control because product managers are always going to want you to work on a million things and there's no way you can. <laughs> but it, it made sure that we were constantly feeding that backlog from which the, the scrum team, the sprint team could pull. And so it was the tech lead, myself as the UX lead and the QA lead who pretty much met twice a week on this discovery board and divvied up the work and made decisions about where we were and moved things forward in the board. What's the discovery board? This is the Kanban board. Oh, okay. That we used, yep. Mm -hmm. And it just helped us continue to move it forward. But between the tech lead, the QA person, and myself, we were able to identify all the different dimensions we needed to tackle. Are you new to Agile or Scrum? Looking for a fun way to pick up the knowledge to become an Agile team? Go get the novel, Agile Noir. It's a dramatic novel about a project manager who needs to transform his teams to become Agile because his life depends on it. This book is available in the US on Amazon, in India on pothy.com, in China, it's available on my WeChat store. Links are in the show notes. Next episode, more Denise Lodge. 
designer and agile. So do you remember the flow on the Kanban board? Like, was there like designer type activities in, in, in certain stages on the left, the left so hand the, side? So the first column, the first column was really reserved for the product manager. That was a column where he could tee stuff up. And we had a limit on that. He could only tee up a certain number of large, a certain number of medium or, or small, some combination thereof. 